This is Grow With The Bros, hosted by Ryan and Ken Parsons, founders of the Brothers at Just Do Gutters. Welcome to another episode of Franchise Friday. We made every mistake in the book so you don't have to. Our time to evolve as business owners is now. Let's grow together. All right, so on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about fear and why it may be holding you back. All right, so I don't know. How do we define fear? Ken, what do you think, think of when uh, the definition of fear? I don't know. There's, a, there's, there's different ones. Um, you know, fear can be a good thing, but it also can be a bad thing. And I think the way it's portrayed in the media, especially uh, with uh, the circumstances that are going on worldwide right now, um, you know, fear is typically used as, as a bad thing. Um, you know, there's some acronyms and things I've heard, like false evidence appearing real. Um, I, and I think that's something that a lot of people, uh, we all struggle with fear, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, I think one of the, uh, another way to define it, uh, somebody wrote, uh, fear, forget everything and run (laughs) and sometimes (laughs) advice, right. (laughs) You know, if, a if a woolly mammoth was to appear out of nowhere and start chasing you, it'd probably be a good idea to run. (laughs) I imagine. Uh, but also, uh, fear, uh, can mean face everything and rise. And, uh, Mm, I like that one. That that one was pretty cool. Um, I Googled that by the way. Uh, that's not (laughs) mine. Um, and I think that's pretty much, uh, you know, you know, how I would define it. There's a lot of other definitions too, that come to mind too, that fear, when you're looking at the bad sense of it, uh, it paralyzes you. Yeah. You know, it, um, it, it just, it, it leads to, um, it, it, it just can cripple somebody. And I've seen that happen. I've seen it happen to myself. Um, so, you know, those are some of the definitions. What are some of the definitions that come to your mind when it comes to fear? Well, the, the first one was like the paralyzing thing, like exactly what you said. And I'm like thinking of like, I don't know, horror movies and stuff where like, the guy jumps out and he's chasing someone and they just completely freeze up and they're just like, I can't move. And then they're a goner in the movie. So I'm like thinking like fear is paralyzing um, for sure. And then sometimes it's, we can get things going in our head. Like you said earlier, where it's not really the reality, the fear that we're having is not reality. Um, and then other times, yeah, like you're getting chased by a bear, you run, you know, you drop everything, nothing matters at that time. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking at fear, but if we're talking in the business sense, I'm definitely looking at it like you're afraid to do something. Um, you're just afraid to move forward. You have these ideas or you want to do something. Maybe it's even starting a business or doing something in your business, but fear um, can be uh, completely paralyzing and one of the things that you and I talk about a lot is uh, paralysis by analysis. So, you know, so you get afraid. So then what you do is now, all right, let me research this for the next 10 years of why or why I should not do what I'm supposed to do. And a lot of people just get paralyzed to do anything because just by analyzing too long. Yeah. So that kind of fear only sees the downside in, uh, in, any, situ- in any given situation. So, um, 
you know, a lot of people focus on that where fear also can be turned into something that could be, you know, that it could have an upside to it. Uh, if you, uh, I guess it's creating a habit when you're feeling fear of, of facing it head on. We start justifying things and we start making excuses, which we talked about on our last uh, couple podcasts uh, ago. And it leads into that kind of a path where uh, we end up uh, taking those false uh, readings hmm. that we have in our head. And if we don't, if we stay there too long, it keeps us from being able to, you know, reach our fullest potential. So that's what fear looks like to me is in, especially in business is, uh, you know, fear can be anything that keeps me from progressing forward, uh, to achieving and attaining and, uh, success. No, that's good. And so I was thinking about fear and if you're using that like horror movie example and like, you're so afraid you don't move and then, you know, you get killed in this movie. So the, what I, the appropriate response to fear is action. You know, you can't stay still. You can't not do something because then it's going to overcome you. That fear, it will overcome you. I feel like if there's an equal and opposite reaction to fear, it's action. You have to run or make a move or do something. You have to do something um, to get through that fear and over that fear and uh and i and i think what as i look at what we've accomplished and done it's exactly that there was so much to be afraid of and i i look back on it and i I don't know if we were smart enough to be afraid as some of the stuff we did we you know that that might be an understatement but some of the stuff we did we just did you know it was scary um there were a lot of things that we did but i can't remember ever having fear grip us that we didn't really want to go forward. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, there were a few fearful times, but you mentioned right in the beginning, there's definitely been things that you've been afraid of in the past. What were you thinking about right there when you said that? Um, well, uh, let's see. It's tough because I always confront fear head on. So it's tough yeah. to like pinpoint something. Um, uh, you know, it, it was, it was definitely, uh, I guess a fearful time when I made a transition from leaving a career as a teacher to, you know, going into the gutter business. Um, you know, that was probably, that's a long time ago, but, uh, I'm sure there was some fear and some feelings of fear doing that. Uh, there's certainly, I think fear sometimes is brought on by from outside sources too. Exactly. You know, and I think there was a lot of fear there where you have a lot of people that, only see uh, see life and things in a certain way, and then they try to broadcast that onto you. Mm-hmm. And in those moments right there, you can let fear paralyze you into <laughs> taking on their thoughts and their ideas, or you can just be like, you know, I, I don't really give a crap what anybody else says. I'm going to do it. And that's my mentality. Uh, that's always been my mentality since I was a little kid that I really didn't care what other people said. I, I always, I always, you know, just would, once I made up my mind to do something, I was going to figure it out um, and and do it. So um, you're so right about the other people thing. I just had like the funniest memory that like when we'd go to school, 
my mom would say, don't go in the woods when you're at school. Someone might steal you. Like that was her fear. And then she's telling me a little kid and I'm on the playground and I'm just looking at the woods thinking there's somebody in there ready to steal me, you know? So like, do you remember that? Like, oh oh my gosh, I hope my mom listens to this one. I mean, like all the amounts of things that she was afraid of. And I know she was trying to protect us ultimately. And these were good things. These were, you know, good things that you should be conscious of, but you're right. Like, you know, that's the kind of like the small, funny stuff. But when it gets into big life decisions, like, Hey, I'm going to start a business. And then someone's like, you're out of your mind. You know, 85% of businesses fail. You know, why don't you just go get a job? Or you're like, I love doing this. And they're like, well, you can't make a career doing that. You need to go get a safe job. Like, so I think people, like you said, I think most of our fears are, are somebody else's fears that we end up owning and not conquering. Right. And, 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 and really uh, the way that you conquer it is having boldness uh, is, is the boldness to go out and do it and not um, take on those uh, opinions and, you know, make them real. And, and a lot of people, it goes back to that acronym, false evidence appearing. uh, Was it? uh, Yeah. False evidence appearing real. Uh, and it really has to do with education too. Uh, education is a big, uh, way that, uh, I've used to overcome and get past fear myself. Yeah. So it's amazing how many people that I know that over time share something like they've always wanted to start their own business. They, they wish they did, or they'd always want to do something, whether it was, you know, making a cookie recipe that they have or doing something on their own. I think most people think or want that in their mind, but I I believe fear is what stops most people. You know, it's fear of, uh, you know, am I going to be able to succeed or fear that am I going to be able, how how fast is it going to take me to replace my income if I stop doing this, this job that I've had or this career that I've had. And now I don't, you know, I'm looking for something, a change, but how do I get over to here and become a business owner? And what if that doesn't work out? And what if I can't pay my bills and all these what ifs start happening and all this fear starts clouding our, our minds. Um, so yeah, it's, it can be very uh, tough when it comes to uh, going, because I really think that most people that I've talked to and people that I know uh, that are either employed uh, or even even self-employed, uh, they all have pictured being in business for themselves. Yeah. Uh, I don't know too many people that have not gone down the path in their head, huh, wonder what it would be like if I own my own business. But then the fear comes, right? The yeah. fear is there to say, well, you, you can't do that because this is this and this is going to happen or it could happen or whatever. You know, and then people just retreat back into what it is that maybe they're not uh, totally fulfilled and passionate about. And, and that's a shame because um, and, and that goes back to fear is paralyzing. And that's why some I think that's one of the biggest reasons is fear is keeps people from pulling the trigger from owning their own business. Um, but my my doing that is, why not? What's the yeah. worst that can happen? If you're going to work hard, if you're going to have a good plan, if you're going to have a good uh, partnership or, or whatever, or if you have a good structure of support of people that are success in business, that you can 
uh, glean from. Uh, there's certainly enough books out there about business and how to be successful at it. And if you're fulfilling something that is a need that through a product and service like we are, uh, you know, what's there to be fearful about? If you're, if you're hungry and passionate, you're going to be successful. Yeah. Is it going to be tough? Sure. Everything's tough. Yeah. I think you just can't be afraid to um, lose stuff. At the end of the day, you know, if we've got to downsize our home or if we've got to take two steps back as it looks like from the outside in and say, you know what, I'm going to downsize. I want to be able to start my own business and the house I have is a little bit too much for me to, um, to, for that. So, you know what, I'm going to go sell my house and I'm going to go rent for a couple of years and we're going to, you know, live like no one else right now so that we could build something that I'm passionate about. I think once you're not afraid to change your life or afraid of what could happen if it's not successful, it just, then it's easy. You know, yeah. then you're stepping into it. And what's great about when you start and you do something like that, failure is not an option. And yeah. I think if you're too, if some people are soft, some people cannot stomach it and, and not soft, they're, they're risk adverse. They're going to play it safe. But if, if you can't, if you're not going to put the time in, I think most people and most businesses fail because they're, they're unwilling to work as hard as it really takes to get something off the ground. It's, yeah, they, they have a false sense of, of what it takes to be successful. Some people think they can just open up a business and it's going to be, going to be yeah. simple. Yeah, sure, it's going to be simple, especially if you're buying something that already has a proven track record. But it isn't going to be easy, especially a startup. You know, startup means you got to start that sucker up. You got to get people, you yeah. know, and that's a, that's a big fear that we see that people have uh, as business owners, right? As business owners, people have the fear of, oh, I don't know if I could open my own business. I'm not really that great with people or, oh man, how am I going to get people? Right. That's a big yeah. deal today. Uh, you know, how am I going to, how do you guys find workers? It's like, it seems like it's almost impossible, you know, but yeah, it is. If you think that, right. If you, yeah. if your thoughts in your head think that it's impossible. Yeah, it's right. So, so I think there's a fine line between like, all right, if you want to start your own business, it's about doing a little bit of research, you know, don't get paralysis by analysis, but if you want to do something, once you know, you want to do it, it's not like if it's like how, okay, I want to start a whatever landscape business. I want to start a gutter business. Now it's about how, all right, how do I do it? Can I do it this way, this way? How do I get the money and how hard am I going to work? So I think you have to pass through that fear with action pretty quickly. And I heard something years ago that if you've got 70% of the information, you already have too much to make a decision. And I think people are always trying to have every little duck in a row, um, every little last piece of their life perfect. We see it when people are thinking about getting married or having kids. It's like, yeah, you know what? I would, I'd rather wait until we're making a little bit more money or until we're here or maybe when we move. Like there's never a perfect time for anything. No, and, and that's what fear does to us. It doesn't allow us to think things through, right? It doesn't allow yeah. us to think th things through. It, it, may, it makes us react in the here and the now. And uh, the way that you conquer fear is by getting more and more information, which builds up your confidence. So we see a lot of business owners that want to own a business or even a franchise. And sometimes they're asking the wrong questions. And the fearful questions are things like, well, can you guarantee? Actually, I remember this for a salesperson. He was like, can you guarantee me 
85,000 a year. I'm like, I can't guarantee you that because it, how good can you sell? I, I know you can make that if you can sell a certain amount. He's like, yeah, but you know what? I need that to be guaranteed. And it's like, all right, well, that's too much fear. Like if right. like you had too much fear to accept this role because you're looking for guarantees. And I think people are looking for that in business too. I need these I guarantees. Player, uh, in general, uh, the general population is looking for guarantees when it comes to everything in life. When it guarantees for their health, guarantees for their, you know, whatever, uh, whatever that they're doing, uh, jobs, you know, their career, uh, like that sales salesman, we've seen that, you know, but somebody that's making, you know, can you guarantee, you know, can you get, guarantee me that your franchise is going to be success, uh, that I can be successful? <laughs> you know, it's like, no, you can guarantee it for yourself. If you can guarantee me that you're going to work your tail off and do whatever it takes. Yes, I can make that guarantee. But we, we I think on either end, you can't really make guarantees like that. And I think you're not ready for business ownership. If that's the kinds of questions that you're asking or need, then, you know, you're, 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 you, you probably don't have what it takes to become a business owner. Well, either that or they didn't have enough information because the more information that you educate yourself, especially if you're heading down a path of wanting to do something, yeah. you know, people will figure out what they want in life. They'll figure it out. And if, if you're passionate about something and hungry for it, you're going to figure it out. Yeah. And that's what success looks like. But success is not an easy road. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a road that's, you know, it, it's rocky. It's narrow. It's, it's, it's tough. And a, a lot of people aren't willing to go through the process that they need to do internally uh, to themselves to get them to a place that they can make a good educated decision. Um, and that's it. You know, when the more information you have and the more that you learn about something, whatever it is that you want to do, whatever business it is, the more confidence you're going to have. And that confidence is what's going to help you to overcome the fear. When I started in this business, man, I was told that I wasn't going to be successful. I know it from many people. And there's many stories like that out there. Um, but I didn't let the naysayers uh, and their lies, uh, I did not accept that. And, yeah. you know, nobody thought that a gutter company could have more than one truck or two trucks. Yeah. Uh, nobody thought that uh, you could have a partner in this business. Nobody thought that you could have multiple trucks. Oh, don't do that. I tried that once. You know, <laughs> there were so many things thrown at us that, you know, I looked at it and it was just like, you know, I don't care what these people say. I'm going to figure it out. And it took a long time. It took over a decade for us to franchise this thing and put all the yeah. systems together. And then people said on top of that, even though we proved the model, it's like, they're still saying, man, the only way you were able to franchise that thing is because of technology, you know, the technology today. So. Yeah. I remember once we uh, franchised, someone put on Facebook, Oh, good luck franchising a gutter business. And I'm like, all right, I need that motivation. Thank you. Yeah. You know? So that's it. Fear, fear, you can let it grip you or it can motivate you. And that's what I think I've I like chosen as, you know, when I face fear, I get motivated to conquer it. And it's become a habit at this point in my life, being uh, a middle-aged man. Uh, when I see fear, I head it face head on. I don't let it uh, manifest or fest, fester. And I think that's something that's yeah. important. Um, I and think if like really what you just said, like fear, 
in the beginning, it's paralyzing. But then I think as fear hits you, the more you've conquered fear, the more it's just like this small hurdle, the more it's almost fear almost becomes a challenge. The more you get over your fear, the more you don't see it as fear. It's just another challenge. I, I really, I, I really think that's how it goes. You got to beat, just keep beating fear. And then there is no more fear. It's like the comic books, Batman in the bat cave when he was a kid and he fell down in the well and all those bats and he had this uh, huge fear of bats and he embraced it and became Batman. I mean, that's what we have to do, people, to be successful. And, and uh, we have to become our own Batman. Whatever it is that you're facing that's giving you that fear, hit it head on and take action, and boom, you'll be a, you'll be a superhero. Nice. Thanks for being my Robin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about uh, fear and owning a business and getting into business. Um, let's talk a little bit about the, the franchising. Um, there are some myths around it. There are some fears around it. Um, what are some of the myths that uh, when, when people are thinking about being a business owner and then they want to buy a franchise? What's some uh, of the fears there? One of the biggest ones, and even I had this before I even knew anything about franchising, is why would I give all that money to them? But you know what I did instead? I hired you and then you bought, you bought it into the company and I ended up giving you 50%. That's right. Best decision you, know, you ever made. Uh, you, know, but, you know, it's when franchising, uh, you know, the reason why there's a lot of myths around it is because we're not educating people. Uh, you know, people aren't learning about business, especially in schools, right? Yeah. You know, if schools aren't teaching uh, about, about business and the, uh, they have home and careers. Yeah. They have a whole room dedicated to that and guidance counselors that are pushing all these careers uh, but they're not talking about, hey, what about opening up your own business? Um, yeah. that, what does that look like? So, you know, people have this fear of the unknown, right? And I think that uh, when people have fear of franchising, it really stems really directly from them not having an, a really yeah. good understanding and education about really what franchising is. And franchising is a, a business strategy. So, I mean, I remember I was an adult, probably married, maybe, I don't know when, but I always thought that McDonald's owned all the McDonald's. Like I didn't realize. So one of the myths in franchising is we think that there are these big, bad corporations that own every single one of them and they're just sucking money out of the communities and they're all going to some headquarters. I thought Dunkin' Donuts, I knew Subway was a franchise. I knew Dunk, Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's. I didn't really realize that there was a lot of franchises outside of food. So one of the, the things for me, I was an adult. We, shoot, we might've been talking about franchising by the time I really learned what it was. Um, I always assumed that if you went to McDonald's that you were taking away from the local um, burger joint. Uh, I didn't realize that every franchise, and I don't want to say every, but I think pretty much every franchise is owned by some local family that employs local people. And what they're doing is they're paying royalties for a system that somebody else figured out. So uh, if, if there's 100% of the money that's made, maybe you know anywhere from 5 to maybe 15% goes to corporate to then continue to supply them and, and help them build the business. That to me was a huge 
myth in my mind that I never thought to ask anything deeper. I just assumed that franchises were owned by these big giant corporations. Right. No, and, and that's it. If their franchises are owned by local people who hire local people to stimulate that local market and yeah. bring a product and service uh, to the people. And what's good about fr what's great about franchising is that typically when it's done that way, no matter where you go in the country and deal with that franchise, you're dealing with local people, but you're also dealing with a process and a system that you can expect the same result every time. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's, that's important, uh, especially in service-based businesses. Uh, you know, when you deal with, with different types of contractors and stuff, they all beat to their own drum, um, you know, and, 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 and having something that gives you the, the same result every time in the same interaction and the same customer service and the same products and materials. Uh, there's, there's a lot that goes into that, but that's, that's stuff that's really meaningful to people because, it's not just about products and services, but it's about the experience too that you're providing for those customers throughout your market that you're, yeah. that you're in as well. And we've seen both sides of that on the customer side. We've, we've had, um, actually we've had a, a, like between franchisees and customers, but on the customer end, we've had people say, are you a franchise? And, and we have gotten in the habit of saying, that's an interesting question. Why do you ask? Right. And we've had people say things like, well, I'm, just in case something doesn't go well, I love the idea that there's somebody above that or there's somebody that I can go up the chain if this experience doesn't go well. And then we've also had the flip side of that coin where people don't understand it. And they're like, well, you know, if you're a franchise, I'd, I'd rather go with a local company. It's like, okay, well, what's more local than the person that's lived here all their life that now is doing gutters in your community? And, and what's crazy is, we, we primarily compete with owner operators and an owner operator, it's one owner and one helper. What's really interesting about our model and most franchise models is day one, they typically have four employees. So they're already doing more in the economy and they're, they're, they're spending more money and they're generating more money locally and spending more money. And typically a lot of franchises also have a community um, aspect where they really encourage you to be involved in your community, to sponsor events. So right out the gate, um, if you're thinking, you know, well, I'm going to hire a franchise company versus, you know, a local guy, I would say 98% of the time that person is the local guy that owns the franchise. Yeah, that's correct. Cool. So, um, Let's talk about a little bit about the fears. Okay, so now you've got somebody who wants it, and we've been talking a lot about I have fear. Another, I have another uh, sure myth too. You know, going a little bit deeper on the whole. You know, well, you got to pay them all this money. Um, you know, as you're going to pay that money anyway when you start up your business and you have to try and figure out all those things. And I'm on forums on Facebook and and stuff, and and guys are asking all these like basic questions. Well, how much do you charge and how do you find guys and how do you set this up and how do you, what program do you use for that? And they're asking all these questions and all these guys are, are just trying all these different things. And it's a big mess of all different types of things. And, you know, there's, there's no continuity in that. There's no, uh, and there's no real like, uh, 
answers for them. And I feel, I almost feel bad for them because when I look at them, I see myself because I know what it was like to be that guy that was trying to figure it out all myself and spent most of my career doing that. Um, and it's, it's, it's tough. Life is short. How do I shortcut that? You know, I got to hire, I got to hire somebody to do the accounting and the QuickBooks. I got to hire somebody to answer the phones. And if I don't, I'm answering the phones. If I, I got to do the, 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 the estimate, the bid, I got to go out and produce the work. I got to do all these things. And you know, after a while it's daunting and oh, yeah. you start missing tons of opportunities and reviews and all these things. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm spending all this money. You know, all this money is going somewhere. It's not going all in my pocket, even though I'm staying small and thinking I'm taking as much as I can by keeping my overhead or whatever. But I'm guarantee you that if you're following your numbers on your cost of goods and after material labor is done and you look at your overhead, you're going to see that, man, that website was expensive. There's no way I can yeah. afford to do that one, right? So you try and build your own in, on the side on whatever time you think you have, you know, and, and, it, and it becomes daunting. And, you know, when you're signing up for a franchise and to talk about the cost of that, they're typically, once you're done with the territory fee of buying your territory, which doesn't go into some franchisor's pocket and they're going living on a, on a, a beach on their private island somewhere, those costs go to, to making the franchise or company that you're partnering up with to be able to pay the the employees that they have in that company yeah. that are going to that are supporting the franchisees to success for the whole life of their business. So there's real costs associated with that business. Fran being a franchisor has its business, and you know what? After the the territory fee is is paid, I mean, typically most franchisees are paying around ten percent. Yeah, they make pay their salespeople that year, right? Yeah. So. 10% as opposed to paying a percent over here to the IT guy, a percentage over here to the marketing team, which is usually five to 8%. If you're, if you're, 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 you're uh, doing it yourself. And then you have, you know, licensing lawyers, you have insurance, you have all these other things that you're paying out and stuff that's going. And I can guarantee you that eventually when you look back, it's taking way more time uh, to do those things and to try and figure those things out. It's taking more money out of your pocket than you think it is because if you're not tracking it, you, I'm telling you, if you're not tracking it, you're never going to know, but I'm going to tell you that you're spending that money somewhere. Why wouldn't I spend it with somebody that could help me to make money faster That's and true. be able to get my time back? You know, that's, you know, typically when we're owner operator installers or whatever that we're doing in business and we started ourselves. Um, so that's one of the big myths that I wanted to bunk is that people yep. think franchising is super, super expensive. And certainly it is. I mean, there's all different levels of franchising out there and different investment levels. You know, there's, yeah. there's ones that go from, you know, $15,000 for a territory fee and maybe six to, to 8% uh, on royalty and a brand fund. Uh, and then there's some that are, you know, millions of dollars because you have to build out a whole restaurant yeah. uh, uh, or something, um, you know, and there's everything in between. Yeah. So there's everything, you know, when there, there's something for everyone. So I just wanted to bust that myth of, yeah. you know, everybody seems to think that franchising is expensive because they automatically think of, 
you know, a McDonald's or a Dunkin' Donuts where um, I'm going to spend a million dollars or more for it. And I got to have all this cash in the bank and stuff. So that's the not, real, that's the reality not is any business is expensive. It's franchising is a little bit front loaded where you're paying to look like a company that's been around for 20, 30, 50 years. You're paying more upfront to have that, have the knowledge, have all that. But when you're have your own business and you're trying to scale it. And I think that's the important thing here. I mean, I can only speak for us on the gutter side. It is not worth buying a gutter franchise if you just want to continue to be an owner operator. You know, you have to want to be able to scale it and get to at least two to three crews for that to be worth the investment of, you know, it's, it's in, in my opinion, don't buy a franchise to, to, to stay small. There's so much built in there for growth and to, to do all that stuff. So I think over time, if you start a business tomorrow, you're going to have to put all that money into marketing and getting that brand and the awareness and those years and years of trying and failing at certain items. You're going to way more than pay for what any franchise is wanting up front. You're going to pay tenfold um, to get to where um, it could be. Right. And the other thing is a lot of times, um, and I didn't realize this till we were in it for a little bit, but people look at it, a franchise, one of the myths is like, yeah, well, they got all these rules, all these rules. And they're looking at it rather than standards. It, so again, if we're going back to like, are you a good fit for franchising? If you look at them and it has it having rules, then you're probably not a good fit. You're probably more of an entrepreneur that should do stuff on their own. But if you look at it like, wow, they've got systems and standards for everything, such as branding. You know, there's a reason why you can't, you know, put, you know, certain colors in the logo. There's certain reasons why your trucks have to look a certain way. You're, you're dressing a certain way. You have to answer the phones a certain way because it works. Well, um, there's a recipe, right? There's a recipe. Right. If I have a recipe to, 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 to build, you know, bake a, a lemon cake, you know, and I have this recipe, but then I start going off the recipe and start throwing other ingredients in there, you know, that's, you know, it's like McDonald's is going to start selling hot dogs. You know, that's what Nathan's. No. Uh, somebody might look at that like a rule. Well, I just spent a million dollars on a McDonald's. If I want to sell hot dogs, I'm going to sell hot dogs. It's like, well, then you should have just started your own burger joint that sells yeah. hot dogs. Yeah, a hot dog know. wagon and, and go yeah. down, down in the, you know, down in some city somewhere. On yeah, a so most street. franchises do have rules or, or, or things. And I'm going to, I would just say this. There are some franchise, they're not all created equal. There are some that make you purchase all their products through them. And then they actually charge you more than you could get in the market. So if you're going to make somebody, I know somebody who owned a pizza franchise way years and years ago, and it was frustrating for them because they had to buy the cheese and the dough through them, which was no better than what they could have gotten at Costco or, or any of those places, but they actually had to pay the franchise more to get it. If in any scenario you're purchasing directly through the franchise, hopefully the franchise is able to get some discounts that even though you have to buy it through them, you're still getting it better than you could get it on the market. So when you're doing the research phase, you do want to make sure that, that you're not going to feel that way at a certain point that, wow, I've got to buy their cups, but I could buy the same exact cup for less. So there are things to look at within franchising that, that could determine whether you want to get that one or a different one. For a lot of people, fear stems from the fear of unknown. Um, tell us a little bit about that. 
Well, I think it just comes down to the researching. It's the unknown, like, and there's going to always be an unknown. There's no guarantees. You have to be able to um, just like put fear aside and go for it. Sometimes you just got to dive. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've done this many times where we've gone cliff jumping and some of us will just go right up to it and you get that like, holy crap in your chest, you back up and you just run and jump. And then there's other people that literally stand up there for hours they almost do it and they can't get themselves to do it, you know? And I really do feel like business is a lot like that. It's scary for everybody, but some people just look at it, assess the situation, go, I ain't going to die. It might hurt, but let's just do it. And then there's yeah. other people that fear grips them so much. They can't even get off of that cliff. Well, and that's what fear does to us, right? It, 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 it tells us to avoid things that we don't have a lot of information about. Yeah. And that uh, fear, that fear of the unknown is because we don't have a lot of information. It's true. When I'm standing at the edge of the cliff and I start letting my mind start to wonder and like, well, what's down there? Am I going to hit a rock or is there a stick there that's going to impale me? You know, and you start, think, you start <laughs> thinking of all these things that can happen. You know, what if I belly flop or break my leg or whatever, you know, is there this monster underneath the water that's going to gobble me up and eat me alive, you know, <laughs> like Jaws or something. So uh, I, think you're that's right. how I think a lot of people feel, uh, they feel that way. The unknown is, is uns there's a lot of uncertainty, but uh, the other flip side of that is taking action. Uh, you come up with a great plan. Um, you come up with a great plan. And if you don't know how to make a great plan, you find somebody to make a great plan. You know, yeah, you don't yeah. let those, that fear stay there. You, you, you think about the pros and the cons, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and when I write down the pros and cons of something, then I can really start looking at it from a very logical point of view. Yeah. And, and, and letting logic start to take over instead of feelings will help me to make a much better decision going yeah. and also will help me to ensure that it's successful. Is there going to be bumps in the roads? Of course there is on the road to success. But when I have that kind of approach to it, I, I can conquer the fear of the unknown by uh, taking certain, a certain approach to it. Yeah. So I, I think if we go, uh, there was something about this uh, standing on the cliff and jumping analogy that I think can illustrate this entire thing perfectly. I remember when we were kids, we heard about this place called Hidden Lake. And there was this hidden quarry that had a giant rope swing and a cliff. And we would like go on our bikes and we looked for it like days at a time. And we finally found it. And I remember how scary it was to be the first one to do this swing into a lake that we've never been to. But what was really interesting is as soon as one of us got up the nerve to do it, the second person was much easier. And I think that's a lot like business. Like if you're, if you're walking up to the cliff and you haven't seen anybody jump, like, you know, you've got to go investigate. Maybe you go into the water first and you, and I've done this, you literally hold your breath and you try and go as down into the water as you can to see how deep. So now you're measuring, if I jump, is it shallow? So you do this assessment and then you go up and you make the decision to jump. And some people don't want to jump first. And I think you and I were the guys that jumped first. We yeah. jumped first and we worked it all out and then we got it figured out. And now other people that see us jump over and over and over again can walk up to that cliff and go, well, they keep jumping and they keep getting out of the water fine. And their fear is literally cut in half 
or even more than half, because when you've seen people do it before you, right. it's easy to then go do it. And that's the power of visualization right there. Uh, and I learned that early on because um, I, I played sports and, and, and visualization was a big thing um, uh, back then. It, it still is a big thing. It's a huge reason why we're successful. You got to be able to picture yourself doing it. And when you see somebody else doing that act, action of swinging on the rope and then jumping off, okay, great. Then another guy gets on there and he even does better. He swings on the rope and he does a freaking backflip like yep. you used to do. Yep. Off it. And then, you know, other people start doing it. Um, and then some other people are just like, no way, that's not for me. I'm not going up there, yep. you know. But those are the types of conversations we have. And the way that we start to conquer it uh, fear is by visualizing ourselves having success. I can do it. I can jump off the swing. And when I do it, it's like no big deal. The first time is the biggest rush, right? Then it's like until you go higher in the tree, until you go higher in the tree, right? Uh, or you do a bigger, you know, you're at a, you know, a theme park or whatever. We all have these feelings yeah. of, you know, wow, I, I can't believe I did that. Um, but that's yeah. the, the first step of overcoming fear is by taking it head on and, and visualizing yourself being able to do it uh, is a big, huge, uh, huge thing there. It, once you visualize it, then it's just, it's all downhill from there. It's easy. Yeah, no, that's true. And it's, I mean, I can't like, I love this. Um, the first time you jump off, you might do it off 10 foot and then you do that over and over again and then you get bored of it and then you try and jump from something higher. And I really do believe that's business. As soon as you get over that initial fear, and you do it over and over, you're not afraid to jump a little higher. You're not afraid to try and do a backflip, you know, um, because you're like, I've done this so many times. I know I can probably pull it off. And I believe that the more you conquer fear, the more you can then go and conquer bigger things. But you have to jump the first time. Absolutely. And that's what business is all about is you're taking, you're taking big jumps and then you're also taking little jumps in between uh, to get there. And it's going to be visual, visual has to do with vision, right? So, you know, you, your vision. So what do you do when you achieve it? I was talking to Jimmy O'Lang, uh, one of our franchisees a couple weeks ago, and, you know, he achieved everything that he envisioned. He, he, he achieved, you know, success. He's got the house. He's got the, the you know, the business is, is, is thriving. You know, everything that he's ever thought of and even more, um, and you can read about and hear about Jimmy's story in another podcast that we just did recently. Um, but he's achieved it all. And, and what yeah. happens when you reach that? Now it's time to hit the reset button and say, okay, you know, cause that could be fear right there. You know, I've done everything. Now what, what, mm -hmm. what, what is left now? What am I going to do? I feel kind of lost. You know, this has happened. So that's where I have to hit the reset button on what is, what is visually, what do I see next? So, um, I, I just know this. I know when, you know, we've got a lot of peers um, that are in business. They own painting companies, landscape companies, whatever it is. I know they're always blown away that when they get a look into our model and they go, wait, you're answering the phones and you schedule every estimate, every install, and you guys do all the marketing. You manage the AdWords, you help set the budgets, you uh, email all the clients, like, you do all of that. And basically I've just got to go out, find the team and do the work. 
And I know that's minimizing their end of it, but that's what they say outside looking in for people that have built their own businesses. They're like truly blown away with the biggest stuff that holds owners back from growing their businesses. We're actually handling and doing that for them. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people don't go into business because people, people see all the different moving parts that it takes to make a business successful. Now, I don't know anything about marketing, <laughs> answering phones and doing all that. And then accounting, <sighs> you know, and especially in our, our line of work in a service-based business, um, you know, a lot of people think, you know, IT, all that stuff. Um, you know, I, I just want to go in to work and put up some gutter and, and I, I'm going to go to the supplier and get some materials and I'm going to work real hard and I'm going to do this. And, um, and, and, and that's as far as, as far as I thought when I first yeah. started and you know, yeah, that was simple and easy for a time until I started thinking about my future. And, and I was looking at other guys that were aging out of our business that had fallen off ladders and are half crippled and, you know, their, their hands are going numb, which mine's already started doing because of the, just the pounding and the grading that it has on your physical body and being in a service-based business, it's a, it's really for, for a young man's sport really, uh, or, or job. Uh, so, you know, I really, there were some fears like, what am I going to, am I going to do this? Am I going to be able to sustain this for the rest of my life? I'm only going to get fatter and slower and older. And, uh, you know, and who knows, you know, what if something bad happens, you know, what am I going to do? And certainly some bad things have happened over the years that, you know, uh, was a lot more fearful than going into business or growing a business for sure. Um, so so one of the biggest things that I've learned that we did, and I remember years ago um, interviewing people that own franchises from Embroid Me to Verizon, uh, cellular phones to uh, restaurants, you name it, anybody that we knew that uh, owned a franchise, we interviewed. And what was really um, awesome is that most of them basically said, as long as you support them after training, you know, you'll be a leg up. And a, and a lot of people said, that they bought into a franchise for all the benefits of it. But then as soon as they kind of got their package or they were up and set up, they were on their own. It was basically, there was no really continued coaching. They had to figure out how to um, staff up and, and scale their own business. And that was one of the things that we knew right away that we weren't going to do. We weren't going to start a franchise until we were able to support our franchisees and the way we supported them is this contact center is unbelievable. We answer all the phones. So when you're, if you're an owner operator listening to this and all, every phone call comes to your cell and every night you, you're attached to it. And every time you try and take a day off, you know, that's taken off the plate. We a hundred percent answer every phone call, schedule every estimate. And basically you look on your iPad and you're like, Ooh, I got three estimates tomorrow. How cool. And then as soon as you finish the estimate, it goes right to corporate. So if that, if you basically, if you do an estimate and you get in your car and they say, you know what, let me think about it. And you get in your car and you go to the next one. They're like, you know what, why am I going to think about it? And they call the office. They have everything in real time. You don't have to bring paperwork back. You don't have to do all that. So that's unbelievably powerful as well as setting your install schedule. So that's really huge. So that's one of the biggest things that I believe that, that we offer. But the other thing that we do is the, the market, so the brand is one thing. We've got this killer brand, the brothers that just do gutters. Um, 
you guys might have heard the story. We're not going to go into it today, but just the way that came about you, is- You can be the next brother from another mother. Yeah, it's unbelievable. This brand resonates with people. It's easy to remember. People smile when they read it. If I'm at the store and like, the brothers that just do gutters. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's so cute. It creates a reaction immediately. And that's hard to do if you've named your business like ours in the beginning, Waterfall Seamless Gutters. It was a very forgettable name. And a lot of us have forgettable names for our businesses. So the brand name and plus the imaging, the trucks, all of that um, is really powerful. But I'll tell you, the marketing is just ridiculous. Having a full-on team, that, that a certified AdWords specialist, and a lot of companies that, um, a lot of franchises outsource their, um, their AdWords. They basically give it to a company that puts them into a machine, and they just kind of live on the averages. And so everyone puts their money into it, and they get okay results we go into that basically daily and monthly and we're trying to get the most and always maximizing the dollars for our franchisees. So I think those the two things- The big point that right there is that, you know, back when I was in business, just me, I would have never been able to afford to have an AdWords specialist on. on I would have never been able to afford a content uh, uh, writing specialist on board or a web designer and, and, and all that backend things that go into websites and, you know, blogging and newsletters. I mean, I would have never had the time to do that. And I would have never done it. Um, so that's very powerful what you're talking about with the marketing. Another thing that's very powerful about uh, the benefits of, of franchising with us is that it's much more than a call center and doing all those things. That's a big deal. I mean, that's a whole position that I don't have to hire for $30,000 give or take right a year uh, to have somebody answering my phone calls or a receptionist. Mm. Uh, but also the ongoing support is super important. You know, we have monthly calls on field operations. So peer groups, we have everybody that's uh, in the field, they get on a call, the field managers and they get on a field ops call. Right. And that's not the only call. We have a sales call that's run by a sales rep that has huge success uh, with uh, selling gutter. And um, we have that once a month, we have a back office admin call. Imagine having a back office admin. She's calling you up, right? Maybe it's your wife. And she says, you know, QuickBooks is just not working right. You know, you're not getting those calls anymore. That person is calling Gabby, who's our back office head of awesomeness is actually her title, head of awesomeness. And she is awesome. Um, imagine she's doing a peer group call and She's also available to the back office admins all the time, every week, any day of the week. She can set yeah. up appointments and talk to Gabby about reporting and spreadsheets and all the things that you need to be handed to you to make your business successful. They, your back office, not just you having support on a monthly basis, but the rest of your team that you're hiring locally yeah. as people that are being supported as well on a monthly basis. We also have a strategic business call that's run by Ryan who and Gabby, who by far, when it comes to operations, especially in our business, there's nobody in the country that is better at talking about operations and business strategy when it comes to doing the gutter business than those two on the planet. I can wow. say that confidently. I know Thanks, that. Big brother. Um, and I know that because of the success of the franchisees that they're coaching on that business strategy call on a monthly basis. Um, and then also, uh, the, 
So, so we have that set up. So that, that's something that you're wanting to look at is what is the ongoing support for the life of my business? What does that look like? What is the franchisor uh, giving to us? And I think that's a really big one. Uh, do they have a, uh, an annual conference where you're bringing all the franchisees together? We just had ours. Unbelievable conference. Unbelievable to the point that every time we've talked to franchisees since, they said, could we please at least, I don't, it doesn't even have to be a conference. Could we get together at least one or two more times a year just to have all of us together? That feeling that everything that that did, it was such a high. I mean, it was such a high that, you know, we want to do that again. It, it was awesome. And what's so awesome about it is it goes back to this old saying, rising tides raise all ships. And that's really comes full circle of the vision that uh, Ryan and I have had for our industry. Our industry doesn't have that. Uh, it's just, you know, every man for himself. Yeah. And, and you guys all know what I'm talking about. And I remember uh, being one of those guys just trying to figure it out myself, but we don't have to anymore. We no. have created an environment uh, with people and a culture, which is super important for yeah. people to come together and be able to bring gutters from being a one-star industry, you know, the redheaded stepchild of exterior construction, right? We've <laughs> all been treated like that by con contractors <laughs> uh, and not all, I'm not saying that all contractors are bad. We do work for awesome. And not all redheads awesome. are bad either. Just and not all redheads are bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you guys know what I mean. And, 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 you know, just imagine what we could do together by all banding together uh, and supporting one another. And we're, we're, we're big time, uh, more, more brains, the better. Uh, I don't have all the, the right answers to everything and neither does Ryan and neither does the rest of our team. But how awesome is it that we could come under one umbrella, have time, make money, make a difference in the people's lives that are in, uh, in this and, uh, and all those things is what conquers fear, right? Because there's nothing unknown about it. It's, yeah. it's all, these are the steps that we need to take. This is the proven track record for success. This has been done by this person and this person and this person and that market and that market and that market. And, you know, I always have somebody to reach out to. And one of the biggest things that I feel is an advantage that Ryan and I have uh, as far as we kept our corporate location open, we didn't sell it out and go all the way in and just become franchise guys. Ryan and I still have our corporate location in New York and all of our franchisees come and they get to visit it. They get to see it. They get to benchmark against it. They get to train. We're, we're having this awesome training facility that we're working on. That's going to be like a miniature like neighborhood in this room with every single gutter situation we can think of so that guys have a place to come and train and even new people that are coming into the business that don't have any experience too uh, can learn uh, yeah. about how things go together and product knowledge and all those things. So we're constantly innovating and we're doing that with people that love and have a passion about this business all across the country. And that's what I love about it is I love making a difference at a, at a, at a local level in all these different areas and we're making a difference. Um, so is there anything, Ryan, that you would add to some of the benefits of franchising with us that may have um, uh, Yeah, like the one thing that, that uh, I was actually surprised about uh, a couple of years ago, I got asked out to lunch um, from this guy who owns a franchise, I'm not gonna say which one, uh, saw our success, but very similar, it's in, the, it's in the service trades and 
he, they, the franchise never taught them how to scale. So we have a, a cookbook. We figure out how many employees you need, how many people in the, um, to do the gutters, all of the stuff and how much revenue that should bring you and how much profit, net profit. We basically cookbook your entire year ahead of time. And then we just have to go. And every month we do an actual, a budget versus actual. And so we know that when you have two guys and four guys and eight guys and 10 guys, what that's going to look like with the organizational chart. When do you hire a salesperson? When, he had none of that. He was basically flying blind with a great product. Don't get me wrong. What they do is really cool, but they weren't teaching their people how to build a business. So they're basically stuck trying to navigate you know, they bought a franchise and they don't even know how to scale it. And, um, and that's what was really eye-opening to us because we innately wanted to do that. It wasn't like, oh crap, now we got to add that. That was in our DNA is to do that for and with our franchisees. So I think that's a gigantic benefit is that forecasting, that knowledge, the benchmarking that we, we do with our franchisees that they're able to see you know, how everybody's doing and how they could do better. So I think I have a lot more little ones, but you know, those are the big ones. Um, and we're excited cause that's what we do. And, you know, maybe some other franchises are doing all of that and more. Um, but from what we've found is, is most of them have a great I, idea and they've got, and they kind of start to fall back on the support. You know, you basically buy in and some franchisees, uh, some franchises are kind of saying, here's everything, here are the manuals, go out and have fun where I think we're really doing a great job having them navigate as each level. Cause right. when you start a business, you have one truck in, in four or five years, you might have 10 trucks. What you need as a person for when you started to what you have now, we're really big on helping you through that arc and helping you grow yourself. And the last thing before you, you say anything else, the last thing is what, what they have with us is we're always learning. We always are learning. So we always have something more to give them. There's never um, a, a point where they've all surpassed us so much in knowledge that we have nothing to give because we feel like, you know, we have to continue to learn things. We have to continue to change things in our system. We have to simplify the process each month, each year. How do we make it better and easier? And how do we make ourselves better? And in turn, as long as we're investing in ourselves, I think we're able to continue to help grow the people that are coming in. So I think franchising is better for people that have that fear. Cause I really do. Like I said earlier, I believe it cuts the fear at least in half because it's like jumping off that cliff. You can see no matter how big the franchise is, it could be five units. It could be 500 units. There's that many people before you that jumped. And now you can look at their success. Did they live? Did they die? And should I do it? So I think that franchising should cut that down so much. And just like in the research phase, it's really hard to research something that you've never done. If you were just like all of a sudden working in IT and you want to start a restaurant, holy cow, what a big shift. And people do it all the time. But you have enough resources at your disposal to make a decision. You have franchisees that you can call up. And they can share their numbers. They can validate whether it's a good opportunity or bad opportunity. So you have all the resources at your fingertips to make, to get enough knowledge to make a decision. And I think um, jumping into something that's already an established brand, I love the idea that day one, you look like you've been doing it for 20 years. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's, that's the part of, 
helping to overcome fear um, is that, you know, you're having something that is, is uh, a proven business model, not just in one location, but in many locations and yep. uh, being, having access to those people, being able to talk with them, um, you know, and as you continue to learn, you obviously you've, you've you go through the, the, down the pathway of, of finding out, is this a good fit for me? Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. So the more comfortable that you become and that you're going down this process and going down this path, whether in looking into business ownership, or if you're already in business and you're tired of banging your head against the wall, and it's like, man, I can never get bigger. I, I take two steps forward and I always take more steps backwards, it seems. And, you know, it's frustrating. Um, you know, that's, that, that's somebody who is in a perfect position to say, all right, I need help. And you know what? We all need help. You know, I need help. Brian does. Uh, but imagine being able to just have people at your fingertips and not just one person or two people, but having a ton of people. And that's such a big deal. Why we kept our corporate location as well is because there's three things that you, yeah, there's startup, right? And, and when you're, when you're one guy and, or have two or three employees, maybe four or five, and you're, you're in startup, you're starting that thing up every day. And yeah, you know, you're paying bills, you're doing this, but you know, it, maybe there's something inside of you that's saying the voice that says, man, there's gotta be something more than that. Then that this is it right here. This is, this is the reason why we kept our business is because there's three phases. There's startup, there's semi-passive, and then there's passive. And where do you want to be? Do you want to be in startup and you like it there? That's fine. There's nothing wrong with it, being in startup and being uh, a smaller company. But do I want it to be more semi-passive as I get older? Am I planning for the future? Are my kids starting to get older where I can't work from dark till dark anymore? Which I did that. Um, you know, uh, now they're going to have activities and they're having different things at school. And, and I want to, I don't want to miss that stuff. Right. H- have I created a business that af- allows me to be able to do those things or does it depend on me having to go home to work, home to work to make that money? I have to trade my time to make money because I'm the system. Well, if you're tired of being the system, you know, and you're wanting to grow something that can be semi-passive down the road and eventually passive like Ryan and I have created for ourselves. Uh, that's why we kept New York as the, the flagship, as the model for our franchisees to follow. And whether it's, you know, obviously our model is not for people to stay in startup, it's to get out of it as soon as possible. Like Ryan said, you look like, you know, a, 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 20, a company that's been in for business for 20 years right out the gate. And, and people like that. It makes them feel comfortable. When you show up in a nice clean uniform and a nice brand and they see all the reviews online, all that stuff helps them to overcome their fear, right? Because people yeah. have fear when they have contractors coming to their house and we have to overcome that. Uh, so imagine being able to do that behind the power of a brand and then also being able to take the steps forward for your future and your family's future uh, to have something that can eventually run itself without you having to be there minimally, very minimally. And we have guys that are in our franchise right now that are seeing and achieving those results where probably in the past when they first signed up, there was a lot of fear. <laughs> and it was like, man, should I do this thing? And now when they look back and they look, they wouldn't do anything differently uh, is such an awesome uh, thing to be able to see people have that kind of success and overcome their fear. And that's, 
that's it. That's, that's really what we're trying to do. Uh, Ryan and I have created that kind of a pipeline type of business. Yeah, it's going to be hard work in the beginning. Yes, you're going to have to learn some things. Yes, you're going to probably have to change yourself internally to get those external results of getting to, out of startup to semi-passive to passive. But I'm going to tell you this, it is worth it. I wouldn't change it for the world, even though it took me way longer than the average person uh, should. You know, I'm special, as Ryan would say. But, you know, uh, so if that's something that you're feeling and that you want to do, uh, we can help you overcome your fear. Yeah, that's great. So hopefully you guys all got something out of this today. Um, I think this was awesome. A lot of, a lot of fear. And hopefully by the end of this podcast, you're ready to go do something, I'm, whether it's franchising, whether it's just something small in your life that you've been afraid of. Um, put this into action. Some good stuff here. Thanks for joining us. And we hope you implement at least one or two nuggets from this episode that will give you the confidence to grow. Subscribe to our podcast to stay updated and grow with the bros.